Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What it do? Episode 94, for the love of the game, let's work. Yeah. 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 I tell her meet me in the bathroom. I go out of order running, her for knocking at the door. And she screaming out, I'm coming okay. in my youngin' in my oven room. Fucking up my sheet, she tell me, boy, don't grab my hair because you fucking up my weave. I got a hundred bottles. It's a rock, boy. All my jerk coat is fuck, but I'm a hot boy. All these songs in my chain make me a rock, boy. And I heard you talking money, you should stop, boy. I by the group, I get by the pound, Frank Montana on these chop now. Every time I'm in a club, these niggas is not around. Everybody talking money. Welcome back. You know what it is, episode 94 for the love of the game with yours truly, Aaron Tobinas. Hope everybody's excited for Thanksgiving this week. I know given the current state of affairs, Thanksgiving is going to look a little different for some of you this year, but make the most of it nonetheless. It's one of my three favorite days of the year. I get a big workout in in the morning. Then it's family time. Uh, Good food. I should say great food. Shout out to my mom. She's the best. And sports on TV. A pretty good formula if you ask me. And luckily this year for me personally, it's really not going to look a whole lot different. I am exceedingly fortunate for that. I don't take it for granted. But for everyone out there, enjoy Thanksgiving the best that you can. Savor it because it's really a tremendous day. So lots of stuff to talk about in the world of sports. And I know you're expecting a full recap of NBA free agency and trades. And you will get that. That episode's coming soon. I promise. But that's not today. Hopefully be recording that show uh, next week when more dust in reference to the offseason and the NBA settles. But while we're on the topic of the NBA just a bit, I, I wanted to give a quick recap of what the Knicks have been doing so far. So obviously... They haven't done anything major in free agency right now. They made a couple of minor uh, signings. There was Austin Rivers for one year with an option, basically. There's a couple of minor things. They didn't do anything dumb. I am exceedingly happy that they didn't give Gordon Hayward the contract that he got. He got four years, $30 million per insanity. Uh, so, yeah, so kudos to the Knicks for not doing anything dumb. And as for the draft, I, I've told this to a couple of my friends, a couple of family members who asked me, I, I can't get too high or too low on this draft. Uh, just to recap what they did, they drafted um, Obi Toppin at eight, uh, and then they uh, turned their second first round pick, which was number 28 overall. They moved down to 23, and then they packaged that 20, 23rd pick to move back to 25, picking up an extra second round pick. They drafted uh, Emmanuel Quigley out of Kentucky, uh, a guard. It's not necessarily a bad thing to bet on Kentucky guards, as we've seen uh, in the last couple of years, but fine, whatever. But to all my my Nick fan friends out there and people on Twitter and and whatever who are, you know, praising this uh, current regime, uh, the Leon Rosen company, praising this current regime for what that they didn't do anything dumb in free agency so far and that they haven't, you know, that they were wheeling and dealing in the draft, making sure that they can get extra assets for the 28th pick and turning into the 25th pick. I hate to break it to you. None of that matters. None of that matters. All right. Ryan Rosillo said it best on his podcast. And um, uh, I'll just reiterate what he said. I mean, if you look at the success rate of late first round picks and second round picks, it's, minuscule at best it's minuscule so for every jimmy butler that's drafted 30th overall turns into a superstar there's 120 other guys you've never even heard of who are barely in nba rotations definitely not impact players so for all of you knicks fans who are getting super aroused at the trade maneuvering from 28 to 23 to 25 and picking up extra assets like take a cold shower all right because that stuff is meaningless. So when I see on Twitter or, or my Nick fans friends saying, look at the Knicks making moves, wheeling and dealing. These aren't moves, okay? They're not moves. You want to know what moves are? You know want to know what moves are? This is how you judge moves. Land me a big-time free agent, okay? 
Land me somebody who's going to come in and change the face of the franchise, okay? Be the face of the franchise and change the trajectory of the franchise. Do that, okay? Those are moves. Draft somebody who's going to be the face of the franchise. And now I get it. Sometimes, you know, your draft slot is what it is. But you better hit that pick. And if you need to move up, Make moves to move up. So I don't want to hear this, that we're making moves now, that this is already, that the regime is already doing better than the previous regime. Guess what? The previous regimes have sucked, all right? We can't use them as an example. I know we've been downtrodden our, basically our entire lives as Knicks fans, all right? It's a terrible existence being a Knicks fan. It's a glutton for punishment. And depending how old you are, even more so, Right? Because we haven't seen the success that maybe our uh, our father's generation has seen. With all that being said, we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard. So when you talk about making moves, moving from 28 to 25 by picking up an extra future second round picks, those aren't moves, all right? So relax, relax. That's not moving the needle. And if Emmanuel Quigley hits, wonderful. Great, but that's not moving the needle, all right? Get me a guy who's going to be a top seven player in this league and has the ability to do that, and those are moves, all right? Those are moves. As for the guys they drafted, I mentioned Quigley at 25, um, Obi Toppin at eight. Did I want them to take the Israeli guy, Danny Avija, at that spot? Yeah, I think his upside's a little bit higher. I think he can be a playmaking forward that has, you know, can do more things I can't get too high or too low about this draft. Like this draft wasn't the draft that was going to save the franchise last year's lottery results. When they fell to three, when you had Zion and Jot, the top two, two guys who could be the face of a franchise that could elevate a franchise. As you saw when Zion was healthy last year and John Morant all year, you saw that. So yeah, when they fell to three, Last year, that was soul-crushing as a Knicks fan. Soul-crushing. Franchise-altering night. This year's draft wasn't that. And as I mentioned in the previous draft uh, preview, I kind of liked the guys more after the top four than I did the guys who were projected to be in the top four. So it was fine. It was fine. It is what it is. Fine. So far, the Knicks haven't done anything dumb, but let's not hold... Let's not let that be the standard going forward because that doesn't mean anything, not being dumb. Yeah, it's great that they're not doing anything dumb, but we need to expect more than that. We should be expecting more than that. And we have to hold ourselves to a standard that will make sure that we expect more than that. So yeah, anyway, that, that's, the, that's the next voice. Um, and again, we're going to do a full, long NBA recap of everything that went down those last uh, week and a half. I mean, it's been nuts. There's a lot of moves to discuss, a lot of weird moves to discuss. I'll give you a little bit of a teaser, though, because I'm good to you guys. A little bit of a teaser. I'm going to say something nice about the Los Angeles Lakers. I think they have had a really, really good offseason so far. Okay, so some quick NFL hitters. And, man, this slate of games on Thanksgiving Day is is quite putrid. I mean, the uh, Lions and the Texans. I mean, Deshaun Watson is the only redeeming quality about this one. Dallas and Washington has absolutely no redeeming qualities in that game. An absolute eyesore of a football game. Pittsburgh and Baltimore in the nightcap could be interesting. We'll see how that goes. I mean, it's a a tremendous rivalry, but that brings me to my first uh, quick hitting point. Number one, I'm going to pat myself on the back again. As you know, uh, I'm exceedingly opinionated. I uh, am not shy about my opinions. That's why I started this podcast. And my success rate is generally pretty good. I'm batting, you know, about about 750 at this point, I would say. Uh, and that's being generous. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty smart at this. I have a pulse. I, I understand what's going on. My stance about Lamar Jackson just not being good enough. Well, I'm going to continue to pat myself on the back because you saw it again on Sunday. Just another lackluster performance for, for somebody who's, I was told last year, is going to transform the league. He ain't transforming shit. He's not good enough yet to win these big games. He's just not. And I was tired of hearing about him last year. Uh, The NFL ranked him the number one player of last year, which was a joke. 
He's just not that good. He's not at that level. He's not Mahomes. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's just not those dudes. And that's fine. He's a young guy. Maybe he'll grow into that. But like I was, the fact that I felt like I was on an island about this last year uh, was insane to me. But guess what? Buy stock in Aaron Island because he's generally right about stuff. So yeah. Baltimore is is in a free fall right now. I don't know what's going on with them. I mean, their defense has been a little lackluster. And, and Deshaun, I mean, I should say Lamar Jackson is just not good enough to elevate a franchise. He's just not. And I, I know, you know, NFL Twitter is going to be mad at me for this, but he's just not that guy yet. He may get there, but he's definitely not it. And last year, you know, the fact that he won MVP, I know he had a great year, but He's not the MVP and he's never going to be the MVP as long as Mahomes and uh, Russell Wilson are in the league. Uh, so number two brings me to my second point. I know Pittsburgh's 10 and 0 and I think they will be 11 and 0 after this, uh, this Thursday, but still Kansas city is the team to beat not only in the a- AFC, but in the entire NFL. I mean, you saw what Patrick Mahomes did at the end of that game, at the end of the fourth quarter, scoring in about 45 seconds uh, going down the field. I mean, he's just hes just a master. He's a master at this right now, and you can never bet against that guy. So, yeah, Kansas City is awesome, and I, I think that Patrick Mahomes will win the MVP this year. I've been on record saying that I thought Russell Wilson should but he's come back down to earth a little bit. Maybe that has a lot to do with his defense that he's compensating for a crappy defense, but you know, it's not like Kansas city's defense is world beaters and look what Patrick Mahomes is doing. And Patrick Mahomes is just awesome. Uh, three. So I need to apologize to another quarterback, uh, Dak Prescott. I've been very critical of Dak Prescott. I've said that Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott. Well, I apologize to you, Dak Prescott, and to uh, my recurring guest, Moshe Cook and, um, and Phil Bowsk. Carson Wentz is not better than Dak Prescott. I was wrong. You know that, um, that 750? Well, this is part of the other 250 where I don't get right. I was wrong because Carson Wentz is absolutely dreadful. I mean, that shit performance that he put out there Sunday was, was laughably bad. I mean, some of these interceptions are just horrific. Uh, I personally am enjoying this because I hate the Eagles. So this is great, but man, Carson Wentz, what are you doing there? They should honestly be benching him for Jalen Hurts. Not even because he's necessarily better than Carson Wentz, but if you're paying that guy that much money and you want to have any chance to salvage him, you got to hold him accountable. You can't just let him go out and making the same mistakes over and over again, because then he's never going to learn. So, but I do hope for the, um, for the Eagles to fail at all times. So for us Giants fans, it's good. And uh, which brings me to my next point. The Giants at three and seven are looking like the best team in the division. It's just crazy. It's crazy to even think about this, that the fact that this year we're probably going to get a division winner at six and 10 and that it may be the Giants. Uh, somebody asked me if I wanted the Giants to win the division as opposed to getting a good, better draft pick. Uh, I, I'd rather them win the division. And, and, and get good habits and play good football. I mean, they're not going to get the top pick to get Trevor Lawrence, right? So you're going to be able to get like a good player in the first round, you know, at a position of, of probably need that you wouldn't necessarily have to draft super high in the first round. Like you'll be able to get like a solid, you'll be able to get a solid tackle if they wanted to go that way. You can do a lot of different things in the middle of the first round um, based on the value of that pick. So, but yeah, I'm totally okay with the giants trying to win the division. Even if they lose in the first round, we'll see. I mean, they've played a lot of teams close, even the games that they've lost to good teams like Tampa Bay, they played games close. So who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens there. I don't think they're a particularly good team, but they may be better than the record shows. I know that goes against what Paul Parcells used to say, but maybe, just maybe, who knows? Fifth point, that's a big-time win by the Rams, uh, Monday Night Football. I mean, I've been bullish on the Rams uh, for a while now. I was bullish on them before the season started. Uh, I like quarterback Jared Goff more than most. That secondary is nasty. And to go into Tampa Bay uh, on Monday Night Football and win, uh, that's a big-time win. I, I think the Rams can easily make a run at this NFC thing, you know, going forward. And as for the NFC, the playoff teams are basically set. You have 
Seattle, the Rams, Arizona. You're going to have the Packers. You're going to have the Saints who have won seven in a row. Taysom Hill got the start. I know a lot of people didn't like that, but he got the start and won. But he also played the Falcons, and the Falcons are terrible. You're going to have Tampa Bay, and then it's just the winner of the NFC East. But it's basically set. I mean, last year this wasn't the case, but this year the AFC is way deeper top to bottom. And there's a lot of moving parts in the AFC right now. Their playoff picture is couldn't be less clear right now. So it's nut crunching time in the NFL. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we're already at week 12. It's kind of crazy that it's uh, already week 12. So you're probably asking, what's tonight's main topic going to be? I just spoke about the NFL a little bit. I mentioned earlier that NBA uh, free agency and offseason recap winners and losers will be next week. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Dustin Johnson's win at the Masters. Uh, the rest of the night, because I'm not a golf guy, as you well know, but congrats to him uh, on his first Masters win. Uh, congrats to him and Paulina. So what's tonight's main topic? Well, I didn't realize this until about a day ago. Uh, college basketball starts this week. If I had not seen a text message from uh, a recurring guest, Jordan Marks, who I'm going to have on in a little bit to preview uh, this year's college basketball season. If I didn't see that text message combined with a John Rothstein tweet, I would not have known that college basketball tips off this week. But it does. And we got to talk about it because it should be an interesting year, uh, as Jordan has uh, mentioned to me. So without further ado, we're going to bring on recurring guest Jordan Mark, somebody who I haven't spoken to in a while. I'm excited to speak to about uh, this year's upcoming college basketball season. And that's going to go down in just a moment. Okay, teased it earlier. We're bringing him back, a very special recurring guest, somebody I haven't spoken to in a while. Uh, given the fact that this whole COVID situation is crazy, the NCAA tournament was canceled last year. College football is back, even though much to his chagrin, he wishes it wasn't back. Um, the schedule is all messed up, but to my surprise and snuck up on me, college basketball starting this week. So we got to talk about it. I think you know who I'm bringing back on, Mr. Jordan Marks, college sports extraordinaire. Jordan, what's up, man? Good what's to hear going from on, you. man? Good to doing? hear from you again. Yeah, good, good, good time to get back together with, with the hoop season starting this week. It really snuck up on me. I mean, I've been in like NBA mode uh, like crazy. Free agency went nuts, the draft, um, and, and it just snuck up on me. Like, I, I don't know much, so you're going to have to carry me again. You're going to have to carry me. I know you're very capable, so, so here you go. I wanted to talk about, obviously, you know, the season starting this week. Uh, I, I saw an occasional John Rothstein tweet, uh, but besides for that, and you texted me, I wouldn't have known it started this week, and I haven't been paying any attention. So why to you does this season – lack a little bit more juice is it strictly the covid thing or is it something else yeah. with the covid thing yeah i think it's i think it's like twofold so uh, i think the whole sports calendar like you said is just a complete mess right so uh, the nba when did it end october maybe right so yeah, and it's starting december 22nd right so the, it's it ended in october the draft was like what two days ago and you know and, and we had a shortened 2019-2020 season that, like, I know you and I were texting as, as we led up to the tournament, and you were just like, there's no way they're going to do it. There's no way they're going to do it. And then they canceled the tournament. So up till then, it's just been politics between the college football and college basketball. How, is, how are these things going to get going? You know, there's no governing bodies. So we just didn't know when it was going to happen. And then college basketball just sneaks up on you in the sports calendar. And then, yeah, it's totally the COVID effect. Absolutely. I mean, you know, fans being such a big part of college sports is, 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 is huge. And when you take out the fans from Cameron Indoor or Allen Fieldhouse, you might not think of the pizzazz of college basketball. Um, so that, that's a killer. The beginning of the college basketball season is, is highlighted by some awesome non-conference tournaments, whether that's the Champions Classic in the Garden or maui or atlantis these things obviously are not going to happen we're going to have virus proof bubbles um non-conference tournaments that were put together in the last couple weeks uh, of you know four six teams um teams hosting tournaments at their universities providing testing to other teams visiting them so we're missing a lot of that but with that being said 
I'm happy we're getting college basketball back and, and it's going to be a fun one. Just to go back. I mean, when we were talking about this in March, like when Rudy Gobert tested positive, which was basically like a watershed moment for uh, not just sports. It was like a watershed moment for COVID in America. Like it really just kicked off everything. And there were still conference tournaments leading up to the NCAA tournament. Like I think UConn was playing in Madison Square Garden like two days later. And we were like, well, what's really happening here? Like, are they actually going to go through with this? And, and obviously they did not. But yeah, getting back, I mean, it's good to have it back. I, I know that the, the calendar is a little nuts. And obviously I had sports overload in the summertime. I had sports overload. I, I said it on the show. Like, I can't handle this. The NBA came back. The NHL came back. We had baseball. And then with the NFL, and it was all basically in one shot. And now that we have like this break in the calendar, that it's basically NFL on the weekends, but you got nothing from like Tuesday, Wednesday. And if you're you're so sold on Monday night football, you're so sold on Thursday night football, you got nothing else. So even me who watches college basketball for the pro prospects, like I'm looking forward to this more than I have in a while. Cause it's, it's kind of like a palate cleanser because I'm not a college football guy. So for me, I'm super excited to get college basketball back, but you know, besides for us who are sports junkies and you know, why should people be super excited about this college basketball season? Like what's the, what's the driving sure. force? So uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, when, when does the NBA come back? I thought late De- after December 22nd. Okay, so, so I didn't I didn't know that, but it, it's a return to, to basketball for, for for a lot of fans. Like they couldn't watch basketball since the bubble tournament ended. And uh, I mean, the bubble playoffs ended and now it's just a, a return to the court. Right. So you're going to get a competitive uh, basketball product, which is that's that's not for nothing. The Big Ten and the ACC are absolutely loaded this year. Fifteen of the top 30 teams in America come from those two conferences. Um, you are going to get a lot of conference play because of the lack of the non-conference. So there's going to be a lot of high level games throughout the course of the season. There's not going to be just, you know, Alabama A&M visiting Duke for a random game. There's not a lot of those games because they, they just can't afford to have them because of the virus. So you're going to see a lot of conference games and because the season's starting late, they're going to start, the conference games are going to come up earlier and sneak up on you. So it's gonna be a lot of high-level games during the course of the week and on the weekends. I think what else? What what you'll also see is at the top of the uh, of the the AP top twenty-five or any, any rankings, you're gonna see Baylor up there, which I think is 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 totally unique to 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 college basketball because when was the last time that Kansas wasn't picked as a favorite in the Big Twelve? So having this Baylor team with a they've, ton they've of returning won, starters, they won the conference, Kansas, like years in a row, years in a row, something like that, crazy. Yeah, so having Baylor atop is unbelievable. And like you said, the pro prospects are still there. And I know we're going to get into this in a bit, but I sent you this clip of Cade Cunningham, and people are going to watch Oklahoma State games. Uh, Jalen Suggs at Gonzaga. There's bigs like Evan Mobley at USC, Greg Brown at Texas. There's a lot of good pro prospects, and, and they're going to be there. So let, let's let's start there because we're going to talk about the I guess the strength of schedule and and the competitiveness of the schedule in a second because that's an interesting thing that you brought up which is which is awesome that conference play and rivalries is something that is that is going to drive this season which is huge but we've seen and and we've spoken about this a little bit so a guy like Jalen Green for example uh, given the fact that the uh, the G League has. Uh, you know, made this program where they can have like this select team where these top prospects who are deemed top prospects by, and I'm not even sure what the governing body is and, and it's weird, but these top prospects, as opposed to going overseas, they can play in the G league. They can make 150 K for the year, which is nothing to sneeze at. Um, and that may be an avenue for these guys. So do you think that like, and you mentioned Cade Cunningham, and we'll, we'll talk about him specifically in a second, but do you think that college basketball is, is in trouble now that this is even more of an option than just going overseas? Because yeah, on the I mean, flip side, we look at like RJ Hampton, right? Because RJ Hampton slid in the draft. He was a top five, seven prospect, slides to number 24 in the draft because he goes overseas, right? Because, and there are a couple of different 
reasons for that because he didn't have the green light like LaMelo Ball did or and, and whatever. So he wasn't able to put up the stats. He actually played in like a competitive team that actually cared about winning as opposed to just showcasing LaMelo Ball. But do you think that the G League with the overseas is going to hurt the diaper dandies in college basketball? So, so yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think those are two different conversations, right? The reason the RJ Hampton conversation is a separate conversation. Why a player might draft by going to, uh, might get drafted later by not playing at the collegiate level is a different conversation. I don't think that's, I think you're asking me, is the NCAA going to get hurt by this? And right. Yes. And, 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 and I, no, it's not ideal, right? Like you're, you're going to lose players. It's not just Jalen green. They lost uh, Jonathan Kaminga who was supposed to come to, to the league. Isaiah Todd committed to Michigan also is going to the G league. I mean, you're 150 K to these kids. Isaiah Todd's mother was in prison four years ago. Okay. He, yeah. He, he has nothing. Okay. So that that's a lot of money and, and he's a top 15 prospect. Like it makes sense. I, I totally understand it. Um, uh, not even getting into the paper play stuff, but right. Anyway, right. Um, the, the, the point is, yes, it hurts the sport, but we're, we're only talking about the top 0.05%, right? It, it, those players are so exciting for one season, you know, the Zions, the RJs, um, they're, they're awesome, but then we move on. Right. And we, we still are going to get a ton of talented freshmen, um, and, and, and part of college basketball is also the upperclassmen, the seniors, like the Adam Morrisons, the Tyler Hansbros, uh, um, all those types of players. And we're going to get those, like Luca Garza in Iowa, Io DeSumo came back for another year. He's supposed to go to the NBA for Illinois. Jared Butler at Baylor, Corey Kispert at Gonzaga. All these players are really going to add to the sport. And these are seniors that you've seen around the sport for so long that now they're going to take a leading role. What I think college basketball has going for it in terms of like the, the, you know, top level guys still going to college basketball is you look at besides for, you know, a guy like RJ Hampton, you look at a guy like John Morant, right? John Morant was a top guy, you know, coming out of high school. He plays college. He plays for, you know, Mercy State. No, Murray Murray State. Murray State. Jeez, Aaron. Murray State. (laughs) And he and he's and he becomes a star right? You have guys develop into stars and Zion Williamson, you know, his profile was raised tenfold playing at Duke. Tenfold. Tenfold playing at Duke. So I I, I do think while, you know, the loss of a guy like Jalen Green is, you know, tough for college basketball, you're still going to get the top guys. And one of the top guys that we got to talk about right now in terms of diaper dandies that you sent over, because I'll admit I haven't been well-versed, but I got a little well-versed. This guy, Cade Cunningham, is going to play for Oklahoma State. Tell me a, bit, a little bit about this guy. Yeah, I, I, I say the highlight reel, but then when I realized um, that highlight reels are just dunks, it's not, it's not amazing. Like you well, there was a little that. bit of jumpers in there. He made a couple of passes. He actually yeah. missed a dunk that was contested yeah. at the rim in the highlight reel, which I, I appreciated. I was like, all right, they didn't. <laughs> They didn't edit this super. It's kind of raw and uncut. I kind of like that. I, I, I wish I, yeah, I wish I, I can tell you more about NBA comps, but, but these comps are so silly sometimes. So it's just like, they're like, he's Ben Simmons, but a great shooter. Um, but anyway, he, he's, he's six foot seven, right. And he's playing point guard with insane mobility, uh, just a great feel for the game. Um, he, he really is – he's a point guard, but he's positionless from a defensive perspective. He's got a seven-foot wingspan. I mean, you could see that right off the page, like when, when – Yeah, he looked like a man among boys in that video right. that I watched. Yeah, and, and he, he played at a really high level on the Nike EYBL and went to Monteverde, which the Monteverde team right now could possibly be the greatest high school team ever. I mean – He's playing alongside Dayron Sharp, who you might know is, is going to North Carolina. He's, he's really good. Uh, Caleb Houston and Derek Whitehead are two top five players for next year's class. Um, this is, and Scotty Barnes is another top five player who's going to FSU. This is a really good high school team. Um, so I, I, like they're, they're comparing it to that, like Greg Oden, Mike Conley high school team. That was a really awesome. Um, but anyway, shout out to Mark Titus. 
Yeah, he's exactly. He's um, he, he's going to be really special. I mean, he's going to play at Oklahoma State, so he's going to have a lot of opportunity to score um, because he's really the, their their main guy. Um, and, and you see that sometimes where like the best guy in the in the country will go to uh, someone who went. It's killing me. Oh, Anthony Edwards went to Georgia, right? Um, or because they're um, promised the world, right? They're Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter went to Missouri. So these are like the top top guys going to random schools. But again, I I think that he's going to be really special. So just to you know have a Rosillo type tangent here because we want to actually stick to college basketball. <laughs> what I what I noticed was that first he's got a nice fluid jump shot. Um, he can be a lead guard like he's got that kind of feel but he's not really he's a point he's a shooting guard he's not really a point guard but he can definitely play off the ball like he doesn't need the ball in his hands constantly uh he's got a nice handle he doesn't just get by on athleticism like obviously he he can jump but he doesn't have like insane burst like like a ty lawson had that burst but like there's a little bit of feel to him which i i definitely like uh my 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 concern is always is all these guys who are like given every opportunity to showcase all their skills and it kind of inflates their numbers. It's like, it's, they've never been coached before because everybody's catering to their every need. And it's just like, what does that look like? But no, he, he looks really good. And I, I hope he's the Knicks uh, number one overall pick in, uh, in about a year from now, but yeah. So anyway, so besides for, uh, you know, Cade Cunningham, who are a couple of the other di- major diaper dandies. I mean, you mentioned a couple, but just uh, go through a little bit more of the list. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, Jalen Suggs is going to be a really, really great player. Um, he, he's going to Gonzaga, and I mean, we're going to talk about Gonzaga in a sec. Um, uh, Scotty Barnes, again, who I just mentioned, he is going to be, he's playing for um, Leonard Hamilton at Florida State. Um, he'll be really great. Evan Mobley. I know USC hasn't been good in a while, but Evan Mobley is really good seven footer um, who should had, be special. They just had a guy drafted in the top six. Okongwu was just drafted six out of USC. Yeah, so I mean, you, you you're gonna you're gonna hopefully see USC um, try to try to get into that top tier of the pack uh, that Oregon should should be should be at the top. Um, and then yeah, I mean, Jalen Johnson who. Uh, we're going to get into Duke, I'm sure, but uh, Jalen Johnson is, is Coach K's freshman uh, this year, and and he's he should be a really good, um, really power forward, uh, eating up boards, um, but also has has the ability to come out and shoot. So, um, yeah, it's 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 going to be a, a really really great year for freshmen. But again, there's a ton of returning players, and I think especially this year with the lack of the off season. Um, and, and the lack of the ability to, to really get into the, the gym and, and, and practice, I, I think, and the fact that there's not going to be a month of crappy games to, to get started, um, I think it's going to be really, really important for those upperclassmen to settle in. You can, so con- continuity sounds like it's going to be super important. It also sounds like you're going to see a whole bunch of rock fights in the, in the beginning in terms of just like low scores, ugly, uh, you know, real grinders. But the, uh, the notion that there's going to be competitive games on all the time because you can't have an expanded schedule is great. Before we go into the conferences a little bit um, and, some of the, and some of the teams in the, in the top conferences, I wanted to ask you about Obviously, the big news coming out of uh, college basketball, besides for the start this week, was the idea that they're going to do the NCAA tournament in a bubble-style, NBA-style thing this year. What was your reaction when you heard that? Because I'm sure you and I both deep down wanted that, not even deep down, openly were pining for this at some point in like May, you know, of this past year. So now that it's going to happen this year, what, what were your thoughts when you heard the news? Yeah, um, no, not surprised at all. Uh, I, I would have been stunned if they tried to do this at 15 to 20 different sites around the country. I, I think a tournament is the easiest way to bubbleize something, right? So yeah. I, I thought back in May, it would have been a logistical nightmare to figure out. But I mean, the most important thing for them is they can't lose out on billions of dollars of TV money, right? Nope. Um, so, so that, that, that was huge. I mean, again, that a big difference between college basketball and college football is that 
college basketball has a governing body that chooses what, how the postseason happens. They have the NCAA tournament committee. There is not really that in college football. So um, because of that, they were able to organize it. It's going to be in Indianapolis. I, I don't know how the scheduling is going to work. I don't know if you're going to be able to get four games on at a time. Uh, with that being said, I don't care because if there's right. 65 – if there's 65 teams, we're going to get a lot of games in that week. Um, they're, they're, I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to all be tested and, every, and we won't have issues of players leaving because I think it's going to be pretty much on lockdown um, and, and, and it doesn't get any higher stakes, right? I don't know what other sports are going to be on then, but the NCAA tournament is for sure going to be the center of the sports world and it's going to be all in Indianapolis, the capital of basketball in America. So I'm... Um, um, totally fired up about it and happy that they're going to definitely do it. Who's your so. nation? Who's your nation yeah. going to be uh, all about it? Yeah. It's not going to look the same, but guess what? Something is better than nothing. And that's all that matters because we've been, we have withdrawal from the NCAA tournament. I mean, the first Thursday and Friday are the two best days of the year, the two uh, yeah. best days of the year. And yeah, after that first weekend, I have a monster headache that Sunday night. And I feel like I've been through like, you know, the twilight zone, but it's awesome. So yeah, however you can do it, however it looks, something's better than nothing. It's going to be awesome. So you mentioned the, uh, the conferences, uh, ACC, you said is going to be stacked, right? You said, uh, the big 10 is going to be stacked, but you also just mentioned that Baylor, you know, is ahead of the big 12 and Gonzaga, I believe is preseason number one. So, Is this kind of like a changing of the guard of, uh, of college basketball? Also, as you mentioned, Cade Cunningham going to Oklahoma State. Is this kind of a changing of the guard of college basketball where it's like for this year, the classic Blue Bloods, you know, aren't going to be as powerful as they have been before? So uh, I don't know because, like, when you say Blue Bloods, I think I know what you mean. But I think you UNC, mean... UNC, Duke, Duke yeah. Kansas. So, so... No, I mean, Gonzaga to me, and I know there's so many haters, but Gonzaga has always been elite. Regardless, I get it. They play in the West Coast Conference, but they also take on a monstrous non-con. And they but they're always... not interesting. They're not an interesting, <laughs> interesting team in terms of like recruiting. I know. Right? I'm they, don't have, I, they don't have any flash. I love this sport. Gonzaga's finished number one in, in, in offensive efficiency for two straight years, but but you're saying because they're in the West Coast Conference, but but they do this against amazing non-conference teams, right? So yeah. the, the crazy thing about Gonzaga is, and let me just go on a Gonzaga tangent for one second. Please. Two years ago, you, they had Rui Hachimura and Brandon Clark, who I'm pretty sure are in the NBA, right? Yeah. So both first round they, picks. They lose them last year, and again, they finish number one in offensive efficiency. This year, they're going to lose... Killian Tilly, Admon Gilder, and Philip Petrusov, who I'm, I'm – are those guys also in the NBA? Tilly got drafted. Okay. I'm not sure about the other two. Okay. So now they're going to have – they're going to return only two of their top five scores, but they're also going to bring in Jalen Suggs, who's a five-star. And Mark Few doesn't usually get five stars. He usually gets, you know, the random Australian guys or, you know, the guys from Lithuania. So he's going to have Joel Ayayi. They're going to have lights-out shooter Caleb Kispert, who you're going to get to know very quickly. Um, and then Drew Timmy is probably the un- most underrated big in the country. Um, and, and Gonzaga always has a good big. And then, again, they're adding the, the five-star Jalen Suggs and then two four-stars in Julian Strother and Dominic Harris. So they're, they're going to be really good. I, I, I know they're not sexy, but No, Gonzaga... but that, that, has, that adds some juice. That's like, you right. know, Gonzaga has more preseason juice this year it sounds like than they have absolutely when they've been good and and they are they're gonna play baylor in in the first two weeks they're gonna play iowa so they're 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 playing some non-conference games and again there's something to be said for winning every single game in your conference if if they dropped a game to to saint mary's or pepperdine or byu like all the other teams do against ACC teams always lose to like Boston College or Wake Forest or something like that. But none of these teams, like Gonzaga destroys every team they play. So that's my tangent on Gonzaga. Regarding the Blue Bloods, 
what what is it what is a fall really duke is still a top 10 team you know coming into the season um they're bringing in Jalen johnson who who i said is is a really good power forward you're going to get to know him joey baker and wendell moore come back in the backcourt um matthew hurt who you probably knew last year he put on some weight so he's not this skinny little guy anymore um i I think they're still gonna be good um I, I don't, they do not have the pizzazz of a Vernon Carey, Zion Williamson type team. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're right. Coach K isn't coming in with that. Beyond that, Coach K is old. Okay. He is, he is in uh, the class of people who have underlying conditions. So he really could not be around a lot in the off season. He did a lot of zoom meetings where other coaches might've been there. Um, he has a great staff, but again, he he's he's concerned and he's been really vocal about being concerned. Cameron Indoor is not an advantage anymore. It is empty. You are playing in an empty gym. You have to go there. You have to go to Durham to play, but it's a high school gym in the end, right? So, so that's probably why Duke might look like they're taking a step back. Villanova, I consider a blue blood. They are elite. They've won two times in the past five years, okay? Villanova is going to be a, they're a top five team coming in. I see no reason why Jay Wright can't cut down the nets for a third time. They, they're only losing Sadiq Bay from a team that won the Big East, would have been a one seed in the tournament. So they have Colin Gillespie, who's just another line of great Villanova point guards. You know this team's going to be amazing at three-point shooting. Um, they're bringing in – I mean, they have two freshmen – uh, that were five stars last year, so that they'll be Justin Moore, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Villanova is going to be great, and I know you want me to end with North Carolina. So, um, North Carolina had probably opportune timing to have the worst season ever, yeah, because the yes, season was erased. So, yes, they did. So, Ugh. they stunk last year. Cole Anthony did everything for them, and they now have to replace that production. So. North Carolina is in need of shot makers. My problem with North Carolina is four or five of their best players are big men, right? Armando Baycott, Garrison Brooks should, Garrison Brooks should be the best player in the ACC. Uh, There's no reason he shouldn't. They're bringing in Walker Kessler and Deron Sharp. Um, So they have great bigs. So it's really going to be up to Caleb Love and uh, Anthony Harris, who was injured last year. Um, But yeah, they're, they're really going to need some shot making because in 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 Roy Williams' system, <laughs> where it's so gun and go, you can't just you can't just have bigs. Credit they, they were a great rebounding team last year, but they couldn't score. So um, taking Cole Anthony out for those like two what was it eleven games, twelve it games, was, it was it was gross cool. to watch. And and as we talk about all the time, guard play in the NCAA tournament just is huge, is absolutely huge. So so Big Ten, give me a little uh, a little Big Ten uh, overview. Yeah, Big Ten stack this year. Again, a lot. The happiest team in the country is probably Illinois. I mean, they get Io Desunmu back and Kofi Coburn, who both both could have went to the NBA supposedly. Um, so, so Illinois is going to be really good. Iowa. I mean, they had Luca Garza, who is National Player of the Year um, and preseason this year. Um, he, he's a beast. Iowa's problem is always playing defense, but um, Iowa should be very, very good. Um, Michigan State is going to lose quite a bit. Um, so they lose Xavier Tillman. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so Michigan State's going to take a step back. Um, Wisconsin should be very good. Uh, they, yeah, but they're always Wisconsin. They always they, do that thing. I agree. I agree that, 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 but they're going to bring everyone back from a, a team that tied, tied to win the Big Ten. So, uh, and, they'll lo- and they'll lose in the Sweet 16, and Big Cat will be but, crushed. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he will. But this is still a team that's probably going to. I mean, it's still going to score seven points a game. They're going to shoot well from the free throw line. They're going to execute. No five stars to do this with three stars. It's very difficult, right? Yes. No other team can do what Wisconsin's done over the past what two decades with no five stars. Um, and then, I mean, I have. To, I mean, I'm going to mention Michigan. Well, that, that was my next question. Your yeah. your Wolverines. Where you it's, stand? It's it's a it's a really difficult conference. Michigan, 
they, they should be fine. They should be a tournament team. Um, they have to replace Xavier Simpson and John Teske. Um, they, they, they get Franz Wagner back. They'll have Isaiah Livers uh, at the wing. So they should be able to score. I think really they're a year away because Juwan has really been able to recruit his ass off. I mean, he's bringing in the number one class in the nation next year, right as of today. So he's getting Musa Diabite and Caleb Houston's who are, who are both five stars. Um, and he, he's really in the mix with a ton of five stars. I mean, his relationships in South Florida are unbelievable. And his relationships with LeBron and Dwayne Wade are crazy. I mean, we've been, we've been in on this Sierra Canyon team for a while. I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're necessarily going to get Bronny and Zaire, but um, I, I know that we're, we're heavily involved and that's all that matters sometimes in recruiting. If you can put. Unlike another Michigan coach that we may get to in a second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So, so it's, so it sounds like, it sounds like Michigan will be, will be in the mix. Uh, Maryland, you know, we both have people who went to Maryland in our lives, Maryland alums. Well, what do we uh, think about Maryland this year? Yeah. I mean, Maryland, Maryland's got a tough, a tough road ahead of them. I mean, they, they're going to lose sticks, Jalen Smith um, to the NBA and, and they're going to lose Anthony Cowan who, who really did everything was, for was them for the an undrafted uh, signee. He already signs with the team. He's oh. on an NBA roster. I forget which so, one. So, so, so you losing that much production is, is really tough to overcome. Um, they're going to, they're really going to revolve around their wings, um, Morsel and Aaron Wiggins. Um, but again, it's, I, I think also they're, they're probably a year away. It's just, it's a tough conference. I, I think this conference should have nine teams in the, in the tournament, which is amazing. Um, yeah. But again, you know, for, for, for a team like Maryland, th- this would have been an, a nice year to have, have their home court. Um, but again, they're not going to. So, so tell me about the um, – so we, we have a kickoff this week. Uh, we got games Thanksgiving Day. Uh, tell sports fans out there why you should be watching these games um, as opposed to the terrible uh, NFL slate that will be Thanksgiving day. I didn't look at the NFL slate, but I'm, it's, it's very hard to convince people. Cowboys, to... Redskins, they're atrocious. And the Lions, they're atrocious. Okay. That's all you need to know. It's hard not to convince people to watch football on Thanksgiving. But if you're not going to, I have talked about Gonzaga enough already. I think they're going to be such a good offensive team at 1.30. So right in the middle of the day, which is the perfect time for a a high-level college basketball game, Mark Few and Bill Self are going to go head-to-head. And Kansas-Gonzaga, I, I highly recommend. Kansas Kansas is coming off a year where I don't even know. People totally forget about last year, but Kansas only lost three games last year. And one of them was in the Garden to Duke where they turned the ball over 27 times So, in, in the first night of the season. So Kansas is coming off a year where they would have been the number one overall seed in the tournament. They're losing Doak and Devon Dotson. So they're losing their, their two most productive players. But again, this was an outstanding basketball team. Marcus Garrett was the best perimeter defender in the Big 12 last year. He is also, happens to be, he, I mean, he's known for his defense, but he's a great scorer, great facilitator. Um, you're you're going to hear of him quite a bit. He's going to be an All-American candidate. There's no doubt about it. David McCormack is a big that, that should fill in nicely into, into Azubuki's role. Ochai Abaji is a super athletic wing. Isaiah Moss, another really athletic wing. I think Kansas is going to be good. But Marcus Garrett, Caleb Kispert going one-on-one is going to be great. Kansas is a phenomenal defensive team. Gonzaga is, again, always one of the best offensive teams. I highly recommend you spend the middle two hours of your day instead of some garbage NFC East game um, watching Kansas. Well, I think that, I think that's going to overlap with the lions, whoever that, that trash show is going to be because <laughs> the lions are trash. So I, you sold me now. Uh, what about the, uh, the second half of the doubleheader? Um, so this isn't, this isn't a doubleheader, but I'm, but I'm pretty sure that the, so there's a tournament where it's going to be Arizona. I think it's Arizona state, against 
um, Villanova, and then Baylor, Boston College. It might be the other way around. But the two winners, Baylor and Villanova, supposed to win, uh, should play each other. I'm pretty sure that's on either on Thanksgiving Day or on Friday. Either way, one of those two days, Baylor, Villanova, I, I, I just went over it. Baylor, outstanding last year. They're returning pretty much everyone. They're going to be great. Um, and then Villanova, again, always a great team. They, 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 again, they might not have that sex appeal of the, all the five stars, but Baylor Villanova should be a high level game. Well, the fact that you corrected me that there's no double header is, is exactly why I needed to have you on this show because I'm painfully unaware of things and you need to call me out on this stuff. All right. Yeah. So before I let you go, we got to talk about it. <laughs> I'm not a college football guy. I just know that Michigan football, it's no bueno. It, it's not great. The floor is yours. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm not going to go through each position group and why they failed to, <laughs> to develop younger talent. I, I think you want me to just talk about Harbaugh because I think that's I, I what, want you to take this whichever way you want yeah. to go. I know you have some stuff that you want to let off your chest. So here we go. This is, no, I, I think, I mean, if you're going to do this in any year, do it, do it in a year <laughs> where I might not even finish. Right. So I, I don't know what's going on with college. Oh, football. Hold on one second. Hold on. I got to stop you there. They're yeah. going to finish. All right. They're going yeah, to, I, I agree, but they might finish with some teams that are three and oh, and some teams that are seven and two and, it is what it is. We'll play the. There's too much money on the line. I agree. They're gonna. They're gonna somehow accrue that TV revenue. Um, but uh, if you're gonna be really horrible again, be do the, take the North Carolina route and do it in this year. <laughs> Penn State and Michigan both stink. They're gonna play each other this weekend. It should be a horrible game. Um, I, I I don't I don't think they're gonna just fire Jim Harbaugh. I I. I I don't, I, I don't see it ending like that. I, I think he means, I think he cares about the university too much that if anything, I believe he'll get an NFL bite or something and he'll, and he'll leave on his own accord. I don't think he'll, he'll I, I, obviously like, does he really care? But I don't think he'll make the university pay him the $10 million buyout that he's, that is owed to him. Um, I think that I think that if anything, he would leave on his own accord and, and they'd go after, you know, a younger guy, like, you know, maybe like a Brad Venables or a, from Clemson or, or, or a Matt Campbell from Iowa State. I, I don't know. But again, I, I don't think it'll be them, you know, giving him the ax after the Wisconsin game on the tarmac. Uh, that, that's just not the way. I, if, if I was a betting man, I would probably bet he's the head coach next year. He, he has a really good recruiting class coming in. Um, he's always been a great recruiter. Uh, he's honestly always been a really good coach. He's been a super successful coach. We, we lose two games a year. One of them always happens to be Ohio State. So the fan base hates him. This year, we stink. There's no doubt about it. We suck this year. Um, and, and there's no excuse. Um, we lost We lost our quarterback. Our, our, now our quarterback stinks. Um, but uh, I it's just like who better is out there. Urban Meyer is not coming to save the day. He's not going to coach Michigan ever. It's never happening. So get that out of your heads. Nick Saban's not coaching Michigan. It, it, like these people are crazy. Like there's not that many people that are better. He's recruiting at a high level. Uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I, you could do the restart again, but it's just, you know, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Harbaugh goes to the NFL. He has a job like this. He has a job immediately. He's he's probably the most sought after coach in the offseason. I, I you know there there would be fifteen teams lining up to for Harbaugh's services. So I mean you said it right there. I, you know you don't think Michigan has any better options, and I, I mean I don't know the landscape like you do, but if you don't have any better options and you're losing two games a year, one of them happens to be to Ohio State every single year, like you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, but again, as long, as long as it's mutual, I'm okay with it. I, I, I just don't think that I don't think they'll just fire him. They, it, it just, I don't, I don't think he would want it that way. His fam for his family. Like, I just don't think they're going to go that route. So maybe he'll be the coach of the jets and that'll be that. Ugh. <laughs> Why would you want to coach the jets? 
That's I worse don't. than I, coaching Michigan. <laughs> I don't. I'm just the Jets are just a franchise that is a, a constant dumpster fire, as you said. So I'm oh. sure that when you're yeah. Why would you want to do that? That's career suicide coaching the Jets. <laughs> so so you're on record saying Harbaugh will be back. You run it back, you trust the process, and eventually the numbers are gonna have to even out where you'll beat Ohio State sometime this next decade. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if I was a betting man, I, I would think that's going to happen. If it was me, again, I, I wouldn't be able to choose anything. So if, if the NFL called Harbaugh. Okay, hold on one second. So you're the AD. What do you do? Yeah, so if I'm the AD, I'd probably, I, I'd probably have a conversation with him and say, like, listen, if you're getting, if you're getting bites from the NFL, we're, we're okay with it. You're okay with it. Like, we're, we're, we're in talks with Clemson's defensive coordinator. They want, he wants to come over and he wants to jumpstart the program. And, and, you know, we're talking to, um, you know, Iowa state's coach who's going to come in and he's going to revamp the offense. Uh, I, I get that. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think this, he, he is Harbaugh is seen as, as the old guard and, and this smash mouth football and, and they brought in a good offensive corner in Josh Gaddis to try to get faster speed and space. How like how the NFL is almost turning right now, right? But it, it's 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 just not working, and it's and and it's really <laughs> well, is that because the quarterbacks hurt. Well, the quarter the quarterbacks not the quarterbacks not hurt. So our original quarterback transferred, but the, the current quarterback just stinks. Um, That's and, 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 and we do – no, we have some injuries on the offensive line, but, but that's not it. The, the game plan is, is running the ball a lot, and it, it's just not the way the game's progressing. And if you don't have an excited fan base, that's when, that's when you, uh, you can get in trouble. So is Harbaugh neutering the, the offensive coordinator? Uh, no, I think that the offensive coordinator is kind of hampered by, by the talent in the room. But from, from what I understand, um, from what I understand, a lot of it does fall on Harbaugh. So, Will you be watching Michigan-Penn State, considering Penn State's 0-7, I believe, and Michigan is not very good? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch every game. I mean, <laughs> uh, yes. I, it's of a, course! I, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch the game. It's going to be pathetic. And I'll, I'll laugh. And I'm, at this point, I'm so uh, – apathetic about it like i just it's it's like i i don't watch all the jet games i'll tell you that but i i uh i don't have anything else to do that i'm just <laughs> gonna like stop watching michigan in a year where i was waiting waiting for foot college football to start for like the first seven weeks and like i i couldn't i couldn't bring myself to get into it until michigan started so so let, let me ask you this uh, last question, I'll let you go because you've been super gracious with your time. Um, what percentage of you kind of wishes that college football did not happen this year because Michigan sucks? Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's brought me to a, a pretty dark place. Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, more, a higher percentage than not. So, I don't know, 70%. I, I think everything with college football has been handled like absolute garbage. Um, I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not excited about it at all. I'm not excited about, you know, watching Notre Dame and, and Clemson and battle again and Alabama. I just, it's not, it's not thrilling to me right now when, when you never know if these games are happening and it's just kind of a shit show. So I, I, I kind of wish they took the year off, but, at the, and, and we have other sports. So like the NFL is there. I watch the NFL, but it's just, yeah. All right. Well, Jordan, this is a pleasure as always. We're going to have to do it again um, when college basketball is really in the mix where we got something to sink our teeth in. But this was a great preview. I know I was educated. I'm sure everybody else will be as well. Uh, this was awesome, man. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Have a good night. Have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. Speak to you soon. Thanks again to one of my favorite recurring guests, Jordan Marks, uh, talking all things college sports especially college basketball, educating yours truly on the upcoming college basketball season. I'm sure you're going to like it because it's good content between he and I as always. That's episode 94 for the love of the game. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Take us out. Meet Lil.
Bottles popping, models watching all of them. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.